Now introducing the Minor Wisdom Trio! Minor Wisdom! Well, 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 I finally got Yvonne Phillips Dupree on. So excited to have her on because I've been trying for a long time and no fault of hers, but we just haven't had schedules that matched up and I've seen her quite a few times, but you know, I'm not like just going to walk up to somebody and say, Hey, sit with me for 45 minutes and record. Cause it's, you're not really prepared. So I was really grateful. Uh, I, I very much look up to Yvonne, um, in, in, you know, in the way that she's just an amazing legend in the state of Texas. And she probably doesn't want to call herself a legend, but it is what it is. Call a spade a spade. But uh, Yvonne is amazing, and I had a great time talking to her. This is a phone call, so it sounds a little different, but it's actually, a, in my opinion, you know, I don't, I, I typically stress uh, when I talk to people on Zoom because I'm afraid my crabby Xfinity is just going to fall out of the air and I won't be able to finish the conversation. But on the phone, don't really feel, I mean, as long as we're not moving around, it's uh, it's actually more reliable. So I had a great chat with her. Again, very grateful that she made time for me. Hey, make sure you maybe think about purchasing a shirt, <laughs> please. <laughs> Follow me on Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff. Uh, just did Junior Thespian Festival at... Travis High School, my old stopping grounds. That's just kind of coincidence since the head of all juniors is the person that took my position when I left Travis. You know, it kind of makes sense. But Alexis Getty does a wonderful job. Uh, a lot of the board was there because a lot of the board is local uh, from Houston. You know, it's kind of half and half. There there are, that's not necessarily true. It's not legit half and half. But a lot of people from the Dallas area, a lot of people from the Houston area, and we've got some people sprinkled in between uh, Austin, San Antonio, Corpus, that kind of stuff. So, um, it was really fun to do junior fest. I haven't really done it in a while. I don't think it's, it's been quite some time and I judged quite a few things, lip sync, solo and duet musical, which I shouldn't be judging. Uh, I judged some of the scenic and posters and, uh, mask designs, which are all kind of cool. Uh, it's fun, you know, it's just, making sure that you're making some kids happy. And what's funny is in the room that I was in for one of the judging, I don't remember which, which one it was, if it was improv or whatever it was. Um, I thought I was being really harsh on the kids and turns out I wasn't the one, I was actually the, the good cop in that room. So I was happy to do it. It was a lot of fun. Uh, and again, Alexis does a really good job running things and has her, you know what together when it comes to that stuff. So uh, good on her, good on the team, uh, Jacob, all those people, you know, helping out, doing that kind of thing, Toby. Um, that's really about it. That's around. That's, oh, go come to T-Tech. Register for T-Tech, please. We've put together, uh, we're going to find, as I record this, or as you listen to this, or if you're listening on Sunday, maybe while you're listening, we're actually finalizing the workshop schedule, and it's uh, very good. It's it's less workshops this year, less slots so that we can drive the traffic to the rooms. Cause I think last year we had some issues just having rooms filled with people. And so this year we've taken some of those workshops away so that people aren't, it's not thinning out. So, but we've got, uh, quite a few new faces, 
quite quite few new fa- quite quite uh-huh we've got some new faces coming to t-tech this year uh, and some returning faces but not a lot so we want to we we like to vary up the pot a little bit get some new spices in the stew if you know what i'm saying in the t-tech stew so uh register i know it's tough i get it we all get it uh but it, it's something that's possible i mean TXCTA or TETA at the time used to be in January and it was, you had thousand, a thousand teachers. So, uh, not that we want T-Tech to be a thousand teachers. It's more intimate, but it can, you know, we can get numbers, you know, and we're doing all right, but we'd love to see you there. Uh, thanks for supporting the podcast. Um, I'm going to finish, be done talking. You guys enjoy this amazing chat. So grateful again. I know I've said it already to have Yvonne on. Uh, oh, real quick, I do want to tell you about how I'm an idiot. Uh, so Felicia Rashad and Debbie Allen are sisters. Didn't know that. <laughs> both. I knew they were both from Houston, but Yvonne talks about that. I did not know that they were related. I'm an idiot. Shame on me. I should know that. But I, I know both of their works. Work. Works. Um, but uh, that works. But yeah, we talk about that and I felt kind of dumb because I didn't know that they were related. Anyway, have a great week. Buy a shirt. Enjoy. I'm so honored to be asked to to do this. There's a phrase from a show years ago that said, I wouldn't take nothing for my journey now. And at this the age that I am, um, I truly uh, come to have come to believe that I wouldn't take anything um, for the journey that that I have been on. I came into theater through the back door, and and I have always been um, a late bloomer, and so I didn't get the theater bug in high school, if you will. My whole high school career was spent in choir. Um, and I know that I enjoyed watching plays, but was never really introduced to it. And so I went off to college and graduated and came back to Houston and found out that I was not ready to teach school because the state of Texas required one to have two teaching fields. I came back from Washington, D.C. with one teaching field, which was English language arts, and a minor in education, because in the District of Columbia, you had a minor in education. Okay. So I was most unprepared uh, to begin my teaching career. And so I found myself going to a university and saying to someone, well, what do I do now? And they said, "Hmm, you go back to school. And I said, okay, thank you. And so I said, well, they said, well, what do you want to choose? I said, I have no idea. And so they, this guy put this piece of paper in front of me, and I leaned over this desk, and I took my finger, and I ran my finger down the list of teaching fields. And then when I got to theater, I said, ooh. I like drama. I've always liked going to plays. Maybe I'll pick that. And that day was when my journey began. 
two, I found myself at the University of Houston sitting in Cecil Pickett's class. And he stood there and said, if you are a theater education major, this class is not for you. This class is for true theater majors, those who aspire to become actors, performers. And I thought, this must be something really special. So I kept my mouth shut and sat eagerly wanting to know more about this thing that these people were sitting on the edges of their seats about to learn. And the more I stayed, the more I fell in love. And then as I graduated and decided that this theater thing is something that really um, shakes me up. Maybe this is where I should have been all my life, but found out about it so very late. Fast forward to education. I met the likes of uh, Celie Turner, who was able to push his soul into into me and showed me that I had potential and I really didn't understand the kind of potential that I had. Then I got more involved and decided, you know what, I'm going to go to UCLA. Maybe I can really make something of this theater thing. So I went to UCLA, worked on my MFA and thought, I'm home. This is where I'm meant to be. Came back to Houston and started teaching. Was at a school where there were not a lot of people who knew a lot about theater. There was a program, but it wasn't it, it wasn't the kind of program that I aspired to have. So I met a guy named Bill Morton, my first play, at my first UIL play, and he looked at me after my show went up, and he said, "That was very good. You're new." I said, yes, I am. He said, that was excellent. And I said, okay, maybe I'm maybe I'm pretty good at this. Then I went and met Terry Ogden, who was also an inspiration for me because he looked at me and said, something, something, something good here. And I said, well, we don't have a lot of uh, resources at my school, but I got I have eager children. So he decided that he would give me a whole unit set. We took an old truck and went to San Jack and loaded it back to my school, and there the magic began to happen. And each year my kids got stronger, and we became, um, we, we found each other. I found the love for my children. I found the love for the art, and I decided that someday, I would be, I would go to state. And that, my whole career, was what I worked on. I wanted to make my children successful. I, I went to state and I said, this is, this is magnificent. I want to be there. And every year I got closer and closer. And so that, um, that's how my magical journey began, through the back door, if you will. Mm-hmm. That's it. Wow. So, uh, a few questions, uh, for you, you are, I, I, now I don't, I don't know how to word this as a question necessarily, but you are, uh, a highly respected, um, leader in 
at least Texas theater, I'm assuming in other places too. Um, and you know, a lot of people, uh, th- there's a lot of value in, in you, in your name. Do you know that? Like, is that something you feel? Uh, is that something you humbly feel? I know that that's not, it's not something you would say about you. Uh, but do you, do you feel that your name holds okay, a I, lot of merit? I don't, put it like, I don't, I don't necessarily feel it or spend a lot of time thinking about it. Sure. From the adult, but with the children, um, that's where there is clarity for me because when I stand in front of them, there's this energy um, that is shared between children that I'm training or children that I'm, I'm, I'm uh, as a clinician or adjudicating. And they say things to me like, oh, it's clear, or I get it, or whatever. And then it has, then it, it has power and strength in, in me. Uh, I really I mean, I listen to the adults, um, but I'm I'm not there for the adults. I'm there for the children. I yeah. hope that. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so, it's because I, I, I can't spend a lot of time saying, "Oh, they they really appreciate me, or they respect me, right. or whatever." Um, that gives me an ego, and I <laughs> every time I every time in my life. I've ever had a huge ego. It's like something came along and said, mm-mm. Yeah. And I got, I got put back in my <laughs> humble place. Yeah. Yeah, you you are very grounded. Um uh the have you have you had any former students uh go into the theater education uh business and and, and world and then adjudicate for them at any point oh, yes. yeah so so I, the reason yes, I, I, I i did <laughs> i did very very recently within the last few weeks um yes yes uh typically i try not to do that but it's a big state yeah and obviously. i've yeah. heard so many kids uh you know, I've been retired for a long time. I, I worked 36 years in education. Um, and no, I'll never tell you my age. Um, <laughs> well, we, um, we know it's at least 36. <laughs> I love you. Um, so, you know, it's, 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 it's a struggle, but these are kids. No, they're not kids, they're adults. These are people that I groomed. Yeah. And I groomed them the hard way, if you will. You know, now I'm 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 I can I can be sweet and kind and soft <laughs> and gentle and and motherly. Yeah. Um but you know when I started, I had to I had to have power. I had to, I had to push into them this warrior mentality. And let me tell you, um, I remember one time, and this is a perfect example. This will this will explain it real, very well. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't know if you know uh, Adonia Fossette, who was at yeah. Lamar. Anyway, I, I was so enamored by this woman because the first time she ever gave, she ever adjudicated um, my kids and me, it was the toughest, tough love you had. I mean, it, it was it, it was ruthless. But it was beautiful because of the fact that she did not sugarcoat one thing, nothing. We walked out of there knowing what we needed to do. And from that moment on, I said, this is what I'm going to give my children. In other words, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm, I'm not going to pet them. I'm going to show them what the world is like how you must be ready, and it's and it's a hard world out there, and we must be ready. And she and Adonia taught me that. And so that's what I gave my kids. And so now when I adjudicate them, it, it, it has to be, well, they know who I am, and they know I'm not going to give them anything. I'm going to tell them. In, I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to be ugly. I, no, please don't think that I would oh, yeah. hurt a child. I just, I would not, would not, could not ever do that knowingly. I would never. Yeah. Um, but I think people appreciate you telling them what you see, and you. We do the educational process a disservice. If we sit there and go, oh, this was so wonderful, and that was so wonderful, and this was so wonderful. Now, I, I compliment. I must compliment. I must praise kids because we have to empower them. We have to lift them. But then we have to come and tell them how to improve. And so that's And if I don't do that, then I don't have a reason to be there. Right. So do you, and this is not a... <clears throat> I know adjudicators, you know, are, are trained to be equitable and, and, and even playing field type thing. And this, this is not really outside of that realm, but do you find yourself when you are giving a former student a critique, talking to them who is now in the place of, you know, in the, in the role of a director, do you find yourself talking to them back a little bit as teacher student, or do you, do you try to put them into the shoes of every other director that you would ever talk to in that role as an adjudicator giving feedback? I have to talk to them as any other adjudicator. I cannot, I cannot talk to them as teacher students. They would not, they would not tolerate that. In other right. words, because I'm not their teacher anymore. And I think they would be insulted if I did. Right. Okay. It, it has to be uh, the same across the board. I, I, I communicate with them in the same way that I communicate with any other director. Uh, yeah, no, that's good. Yeah. Uh, am I correct? And did you go to Wheatley? I did. Okay. Um, so you, you started here. I mean, you were, or, you know, I don't know if you started here, but you were sort of formidable years in Houston. 
Yes, my 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 um my mother was a teacher. My mother was a teacher at the high school where I went to school. There was a, a wonderful theater department at the high school. There was, but they were. There was. It was a. It was like. How do I put this? It. They were almost unapproachable. Um, the 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 those group of kids. It's it's like. I was in a completely different world from them. They would perform at school. They had reputations, sure. you know, but it was like a completely different. My mother was uh, a volleyball coach, okay, and so I was in the gym every day after school with her. However, I sucked at all forms of athletics, um, <laughs> so it wasn't that I was in there, you know participating, I yeah. was just sitting there watching, or sometimes I'd go hang out in an art class, but I was never around uh, the theater people. Uh, I just did, I just knew what I enjoyed. That's funny. So you, you were not an athlete? Oh, no, I sucked. <laughs> I was an embarrassment for, for, he would just say, please go sit on the bench. And I said, okay. Yeah, well, I get that. Uh, that's funny. Uh, I feel that very much, uh, when, in regards to my relationship with my, my, my own father. So, um, so you geographically though, so you, you've been kind of a, a United States traveler because you, you mentioned you, you were, you, well, you didn't say Howard, but you said Washington DC. So, uh, yeah, it was Howard. Yeah. Um, and then, and then, and then at Howard, um, one of my roommates was, uh, a theater major, and so huh. something should have hit, hit me in the head and said, <laughs> yeah. "This is where this is this is it for you." But it, it's like I said, it's a late bloomer. So one day, my my friend said, "Come go to the theater with me. Come go to see one of the plays." And I said, "Oh, okay." So we go to see this play entitled "A Moon on a Rainbow Shawl," and who was the lead actor in "Moon on a Rainbow Shawl"? Felicia Richard, <laughs> the Felicia Richard. I fell so in love with that play and that performance. My my friend in the dorm snuck me into the back door of the theater one solid week. I saw it every night after the first night. I only paid the first night. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah. That, I mean, <laughs> you got to get your money's worth. So, so was she, was she somebody at that point, or was she just a, was she a student? She's a college student. She was, she was a senior. Wow. And yeah. then her her sister uh, was in a, either one class or two classes. No, two classes behind her. She was a dance major. She was not an actor um, at Howard, but both of them were students at Howard. And, and did uh, do, did you know her? Like you know, she's from Houston too. So I, um, yes, I I met. I did not meet Felicia. Okay, I met uh, Debbie. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's uh, I I don't know uh I don't know Debbie, but I definitely know Felicia. <laughs> so. <laughs> that's, well, if if you watch um, oh. Not Debbie Allen. Oh, Debbie Allen. Oh, that's her yeah. sister. Oh, I just I yeah. just looked it up. Oh, I know Debbie Allen. 
Okay. Yes, that's what that's what I'm talking about. Because I'm an idiot and I'm looking for Rashad. So, uh, but that's her. That's her name. She got when she married Ahmad Rashad. So yeah, and, uh, yeah. and Debbie and Alan is is uh, their family name because her yes. her father her father was a, a dentist in Houston. And so was my father a dentist. And so you know all the you know the dentists kind of their families kind of knew each other. So I you know I I knew the father. Oh boy, you just opened up Pandora's box with questions, but I'll try to stay away from the dental questions. But I, I, um, I don't know if I ever knew that they were related. That's crazy. Uh, oh yeah. <clears throat> okay. Well, that's good to know. I, I think both. That, well, I'll, I'll get off of that. We don't. This isn't a podcast about Felicia and Debbie Allen. So, um, okay. <laughs> but, um. <laughs> but uh, that's funny. So, and so your father was a dentist. Um, did, did, mom was a yeah, was 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 there pressure from your family to follow in medical world, or I mean, your mom was a teacher, so was there pressure to be an education? Was there pressure from either side to do one or the other, or no? Okay, let me explain it like this. <laughs> okay. Only child. Yeah. When I was about ten, I'm, I'm gonna push it for ten. When I was ten. Uh, I knew the Howard University school song. I knew my the sorority hymn. Uh, my mother decided where I was going to go to college. I only applied to one university, and that was Howard because she had graduated from there, and so had my uncle in dentistry. And so it, my whole path was planned. You know, it, I didn't get a choice, and I, I often wondered uh, years later, what would have happened if, if Howard had told me no? Uh, because, you know, everything was, was plotted and planned. And so I was going to go into education and I was going to finish from Howard and I was going to play the sorority. I, just, I didn't. And, and, and that, it wasn't that I fought it because that's what she said. And that was the greatest thing in the world because she said it. And that's what I did. Wow. Do you, do you still hold on to, cause you know, I'm, I'm good friends with Nancy Lynch and, and destiny. Uh, I feel like destiny now is at the level where you just say destiny and everybody knows who you're talking about, but, um, <laughs> but, uh, they, they have a very healthy rivalry because one is Southern and one is grambling. Uh, do, do you still hold on to any sort of like pride about, uh, your HBCU, like the Howard oh. connection? Um, absolutely. <laughs> I was in D.C. Um, not long ago. I will be there in May for the okay. Howard homecoming. No, no, not homecoming, for the graduation. And it will also be, um, I will meet some of my, you know, fellow Howardites. Right. Uh, because it's a pivotal year for us. Uh, and so every time, chance I get, uh, last year I was at Howard's homecoming. Oh yes. Oh, <laughs> and I mean, of course this is Howard university was referred to as the Mecca. Yeah. And, and so, you know, vice president Kamala Harris, Harris yeah. helped the world to understand what, how it was all about. Yeah. That's, uh. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, I I mean I I guess I I have some um, 
allegiance to the University of Houston, but uh, the way you just described about practically flying three hours to, to go to certain events and things, you know, annually or, or a couple times a year, it's, uh, it's hard to find, you know, uh, these days. Uh, so good for you. Um, yeah. And, and I, and I, the, I did my two years of post-baccalaureate study at, at the university of Houston, because I, I told you, see the yeah. ticket, you probably, you, um, you probably know of him yeah, oh, yeah. and Dr. Berger, Yep. You know, at University of Houston, you were either a picket person or you were a burger person. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that was an issue, but it was, and I was the picket person. Yeah. So figure. Yeah, I wasn't there when, when he was there. I was there when Dr. Berger was there, but yeah. Yeah. And Dr. Berger um, was very important to me as well because he didn't know me while I was in school. I'll put it, I'll say that first. However, um, there was an organization called the English Speaking Union. I don't know if they if they still do their competition, but you know, at the end of every year, uh, in the spring, the ESU would have the uh, Shakespeare contest, and so each high school in the city of Houston could bring one student uh, to compete at the English Speaking Union's competition. So that was a big, 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 big thing uh, years ago, and um, so I would we would train our kids. And after a while, you know, our kids, my kids weren't winning, and so I said, mm, "We got to figure out what to do." So what I decided was I would hold uh, a competition at my school, and I talked to the principal and I said, "What I need to do is I need to have this, I need to have an assembly." I need everybody who can get in this assembly. And I said, we're going to hold a school uh, Shakespeare competition, and we will let uh, a panel of teachers choose the, the the winner to go to the University of Houston. That worked for a while. And then I got with some other theater teachers, and we would hold our own little pre-competition to get ready for the big competition at, um, at University of Houston. So I would talk to Dr. Berger and I said, Dr. Berger, I, I, I told him what I wanted to do. He was most excited. So he said, you know what? You get this competition together. I'm going to come to your school and judge your competition. I said, cool beans. Yay. So we would do that. And then I'd get my kids ready after our competition uh, and Freddie Buckner came, and uh, Ezekiel Morgan brought his kids from, at one point, and and so I was fortunate enough to, you know, really train some strong kids. And on two separate occasions, I had a kid to win, and we flew to New York to compete in the the national competition. It was wonderful. You you've lived a, a fun life. <laughs> I'm just sitting here smiling, <laughs> you know, just listening to you. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, and and I'm not even done with you. Uh, <laughs> so it's so it's just you know uh, you could probably uh, write a book, but I'm not going to encourage that because I don't know if you want to spend that kind of time. But uh, so then you 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 go to the east or the have, sorry, what, go ahead. You know what I have some and I do and I always laugh with some of my kids and say, if I wrote a book, <laughs> this would be one of those. Stories, yeah. the most 
one of the most beautiful stories, and I'm going to make it as, as quick as I can because I don't know how much time you have. But no, this, I, this, I got this, all the time in the world for you. Was, was one of the most meaningful stories um, of my whole career. So I had this group of kids, and we had worked. Oh, my gosh, we had worked, we had worked, we had worked. And so we were almost at the end of our journey. And I don't know if you're religious, but if you are religious, uh, you, will, you will understand this even more powerfully than I tell it. Okay. But um, so it was, we had, we had advanced from, from district to area. And the day we were leaving, my kids got sick. No, they got sick the night before. They were all coming down with strep throat, and cause some, one person had it, and it was spreading like wildfire. And somebody had, oh, God, uh, and so I was in a mega panic. And so I called a meeting that we were getting ready to go to the, you know, to, we were going to compete at uh, HSTVA. I had one kid whose temp was 104. I had, and I can't even tell you how many of them were sick, but just, you know, many of them were sick. And so I, I was taking them down to the nurse's office and sitting there, and I'm like, what should I do? What should I do? Okay, so I said to one girl, I said, Sweetheart, I said, I got to call your mother and tell her, um, you know, that you, you got a temp. And so she said, Mr. Pree, she said, please don't do that. She said, because if she finds out, I won't be able to compete and I must compete. So I sat in front of the nurse and I said, talk to me. I said, tell me what to do. And she said, Dupree, if. She says she knows her body. If she says she can do this, she can do it. I said, okay. So I loaded all the kids. I had one parent to go. I, you know, I had some parents who would travel with us all the time. And so we were giving them um, tea with vitamin C. and we were, I was giving them everything. I was pumping them up with all kinds of stuff. And... Um, I would, I would, I used to call, have this stuff I would call love tea. And I think they were, some of them were trying to, you know, pretend that they were sick so I could make them this tea, but it was just tea with, uh, orange juice and all kinds of different juices in it or whatever. And I was pumping in with this love tea. Okay. So we get to HSTVA and we started just before, um, we got ready to go on stage. We said, we're going to pray. And we started praying. And then somebody started singing. And so somebody knocked on the door and said, Mr. Pree, you need to go to, you need to go to your director's meeting. I said, okay. I left the other, the other director in there. And they, they were just on their knees just singing and praying and all of this. So I went to the director's meeting. I was sweating bullets because I was, I was a nervous wreck. I was stressed to the max. And I walked back in the room after the director's meeting, and I went to the kid that was, that was the sickest. And I said, I said, I said, Joy, 
I said, I figured out what I'm going to do with you. I said, I'm going to let so-and-so take your lines and you just, she said, no, ma'am. She said, we have prayed and I have been healed. I said, what? She said, I have been healed. She said, you just watch and see. Those kids sat on that stage, and this was the show where we got on stage, and the show opens with a tableau, and so several of the boys had the girls hoisted in the air. It was just the smoke going, and but the music never came on, mm-hmm. and they they held them up in the air for I don't know how long. And the audience was like, because there was no music. And the kids were, would not break from the freeze. So several of the actors were just in the air. And then Bob Singleton comes running down and says, I'm going to go fix it. I'm going to go fix it. And I, I was running out of the theater. And then house lights came up and the curtains closed. And he said, I said, you got to help my kids. You got to help my kids. And he said, yes. Look at the concentration of your kids. Look at that concentration. I said, I don't care about concentration. Fix this. And he fixed it. Those kids won awards. It was it was so amazing how they went from sicker than sick to one saying, but I've been healed and performed flawlessly. It was the most magical moment of my career Hmm. what's do you remember what year that was if you don't mind me asking i i have to ask my daughter that okay (laughs) okay i i only ask because uh, because i went to pva and um only uh, and i've said this on this podcast a hundred times now but I only ever hosted one act play, you know, we never competed. Um, and so I, I'm just wondering if, if I was around for that. Now, I, I don't remember being in the Denny theater during something like that happening, but you know, uh, uh I might've heard that story from Bob before or something like that, but that's, um, yeah, I mean, those are the things that that's the thing that kids don't understand is that that stuff lives with us just, just as much as it lives with them. Mm-hmm. So, it does. Yeah. It does. If if they were on this phone call, they would would chime in with a lot of pride and, and even some with tears mm-hmm. because it was just a it was a teary day. Mm-hmm. It really, I mean, and they were they were crying that they were making so much noise in that dressing room. I know people were standing outside going, "What in the heck are they doing in there?" <laughs> but they were just. Singing and praying and yeah. praying and singing, and then they got up and performed like nothing was wrong. Yep, I feel that. Uh, I appreciate you sharing that. Um, now I'm going to get you out of here on this question. It may be a hard question. Um, okay. Yeah, uh, but I want I want you to speak about the Black Theater Educator Caucus and what B Tech kind of 
represents and means to you. And, uh, you know, I, I was raised and I, I don't know if I've ever said this on, on the podcast before, but I was raised by a woman named Miss Esther Smith, who I just, uh, called on Thanksgiving morning. And, um, uh, she is a black woman in her late eighties. And, uh, uh, I, she's another mom to me, if, if not more than my mom. I mean, she's, she means the absolute world to me. Um, and one of the things that I've always, uh, sort of, I've, I've sort of, um, been very vocal about is how, how Esther raised me. And it was a different culture and I'm a white Jewish man, um, being raised by a Christian black woman in a time that I don't want to say that that was weird, but it was not normal, right? It wasn't the, it wasn't something you see every day, right? Yeah, unusual. Um, and so I, I'll speak very candidly. I, I, I have this weird connection. My heart gets very warm when I am um, around uh, just a very culturally diverse, and it doesn't have to be black. It's just everything. Um, you know, uh, I just, I find a lot of, a lot of warmth in it. It sounds so stupid and, and kind of uh, cheesy, but it's just, there's some, com- what's that? It doesn't sound cheesy. Well, it's, yeah. Uh, but it's a comfort level, you know, that I have. Um, and, uh, uh, I, I know that B tech, cause I, I went to a B tech event. I think it was, I think it was at Chewy's <laughs> of all places, but, um, uh, but, uh, and, and there's, there's just this, I don't want to say it's a cult, but there's definitely, uh, there's definitely a, a strong community, uh, with Texas theater educators, but then there's even this stronger community with black Texas and maybe not just Texas, but, uh, theater educators. And, um, I can't tell you, and, and I've never said this to joy or destiny or anybody that, like how much it meant to me to be kind of just accepted and included in that. Um, and so I can go on for, for hours talking about what it means to me, but this isn't about me. Uh, but I want you to kind of elaborate and talk about what B-Tech means to you. That's priceless. Um, B-Tech is Celie Turner. Celie Turner... Um, was a role model and a force in in our lives that defies description. And he decided that this organization, there should be an organization developed that addressed the gap with children of color and that this organization should work toward um, building capacity, if you will. I know that that term has been used so much, but it, I think it, 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 it speaks to exactly uh, what, the, what the need was and that if BTEC was designed for any teacher 
of color or not of color who had to work with children of color. And if that child um, was lacking in information or, uh, you know, lacking in experience in theater, then that teacher, we would do trainings to, to, to teach those teachers how to, how to reach children of color. And uh, it was the brainchild of C.V. Turner. And so the whole, we were there even when the whole equity and diversity movement really came into fruition. Um, but it, there was so much more work to be done. I'll I, I have to say that. Um, because when people get into their season, they get tunnel vision with regards to, I, I got to get my show ready. Um, but how, and I, I know I'm rambling, but, but it's, it's no. like I have so many ideas circling yeah. in my head, so you yeah. kind of be patient with me. <laughs> but, for example, um uh, there were times when we would meet at the at the ensemble theater on, on uh, once a month, and so the the kinds of things that we would do would be uh, we would say if you're a new uh, theater teacher and you are struggling, then you pick a mentor from this room, and during the course of the school year, you make a phone call because Joy, I was Joy. Joy's mentor years ago. Or if you struggle with tech uh, and those people who are strong in tech, then they would go to your school and say, this is how you do this, that, and the other. Um, and so that's the whole idea is to, is to bridge the gap and help people to build capacity and and, and do it with a sense of camaraderie and and love. And that, that to me, is... Everybody who was signed on to BTEC uh, understands the mission. Thank you. Um, I lied to you. I want you to say one more thing. Okay. Uh, I, you had a, as you said, 36-year career. Um well, actually, I bought I bought that last year. It was thirty five, but <laughs> okay. Yeah, they said you can buy this last one, and I and I you bought did. it. Yeah. <laughs> well, we won't tell anybody. Um, okay. But <laughs> but uh, uh, I you know you could argue that your career hasn't ended. You just you just went from one chapter to the next. But uh, what what is something that um you wanted to make sure that your students over the those years, uh, what is one thing you wanted to make sure those students left with when they were done with your class, with Ms. Dupree's class, with uh, um, your training, your life coach, your, you know, you could put all different types of titles on it, but what is, what, what is the thing you, you wanted to make sure they left you with? I would always preach the idea that theater is a dress rehearsal for life. 
And in life, you're going to work at the task. Occasionally, if you're really, really fortunate, you will succeed at that task. More often than not, you will not succeed at that task. But just like everything else in theater, you have when you when you get knocked down, when you're not as successful as you aspire to be, then you get right back up and you keep going. In other words, you know, nobody can be in a play and the pylon falls down in the middle of the play. You can't stop the play and go, Ooh, I messed that up. You must keep going. You, the play is the thing. The play must work. The show must go on. And and just in life, even though you fall, even though you fail, even though you let yourself down or you may let others down, life must go on. So you get back up, pick up that pylon, dust off your costume and fire it up and keep going. And that's it. My new-